Hey guys, question for you. It's been a while since I opened any episode with a question. Here it is. What do you do when you're kicking off side two of an album? What do you do? Is that ambiguous enough? (laughs) Could that question have any answer? Maybe. But in this case, if you're queen, it's dead on time. Dead on time. Dive number 74. 74. Track number seven on Queen's seventh album. A lot of sevens happening here. Maybe that's a good sign. Their seventh album, Jazz. Released in 1978. We could not be diving deeper, harder, faster into rock and roll than this song. What a fantastic second side opener from Brian May, our favorite guitarist and astrophysicist. (laughs) So much for my eloquence. Dead on time, ladies and gents. And yes, yes, this is probably my favorite song on jazz. Yes. It is absolutely stunning. I feel like that word is incredibly overused these days. I hear it from everyone, makeup artists, critics, me, everybody says everything is stunning and they say it just like that. Maybe it is the word of the moment. I don't know. It doesn't matter because it's absolutely positively true in this case. Brian is giving us something so full of fire and speed. That's why I call this hard speed rock. It's not really metal. I mean, maybe it is like early metal, but I feel like it's not progressive enough for that? I don't know. This is much more hardcore rock and roll, but definitely speedy in its delivery. Brian himself thought this song was a lot more interesting than people gave it credit for, especially the year it was released and the years that immediately followed. And I'll talk more about that as I get into this latest Queen Deep Dive. This was never a single. And like the previous number before it, that closed outside one, let me entertain you, I have to ask the question in all capital letters with a question mark and an exclamation point, why? This song encapsulates some of Brian's best qualities. Really, as a guitarist, I feel like it doesn't get much better than this. From Brian. This is phenomenal. And we're flying at 145 beats per minute. That's pretty fast. It's pretty fast. Luckily, we're in only one time signature. We're in 4-4. And we're in F-sharp minor with a modali-inflected F-sharp major. I love getting keys complementing contrasting majors and minors. So we're, we're in the same key. The third note is either a major third or a minor third, and it's lovely. It creates such a tension, almost like a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. This is such a great song, you guys. I'm going to gush all over it. 
One of my favorites from the guys, and not just on this album, but definitely one of my favorites. I think it has a ton of listens from me, and it's so fast, I still don't know all the lyrics to it, or if I do know them, I cannot sing them clearly, because Freddie was so good at enunciating, especially when he sang. Always in a hurry, and for what? So many plans, so much going on, so much power to keep, but it means nothing because you're dead. (laughs) That is what Dead on Time is. It could be about one player in particular, one person in particular, who is running this life that is full of, as I said, power, perhaps some risks, Gambling, money, sex, rock and roll, all of that, running, 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 dead on time, dead on time. You never got a minute, no. (laughs) Trying to remember some of the lyrics here. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because you're dead. So yeah, this is a fun number. Don't take the guys too seriously. And really, I should have said that on the last track I talked about because people love to attack let me entertain you for its quote-unquote fascist qualities. But really, it is a number, as is every song on this album, that we are not supposed to take too seriously and we are supposed to have fun with. Definitely. This is a riff-driven rocker with surprisingly ambiguous harmonies, bluesy arrangements, and lots of major chords that offset the intensity Brian's Dead on Time kicks off side two of jazz with the most ferocious energy, big teeth, set at the core of the record following the previously aggressive Let Me Entertain You. These two songs together create the heart of the album that's centered firmly in rock and roll. Brian himself thought this to be a most impressive number. And I gotta say, it's definitely fiery and exciting. Brian's guitar is... It's something to behold here. I am not exaggerating. And at a breakneck pace, he performs riffs that are so complex. They're unsingable. You know, there's moments in Bohemian Rhapsody and we will rock you and we are the champions. You can sing those guitar lines from Ryan. He's that good at it. But we do not have that here. It's so fast. You can't even sing it. We get a lot of different styles of play, including very fast staccato moves, soaring layered chords and harmonies and distorted grit. Roger's percussion is not to be outdone. The drums are intense and many varied fills litter the verses and choruses. Even John gets in on the furiously paced action with bass lines that thrill. Freddie is all growling lead vocals here, and together with Brian and Roger, we get some exciting backing and chorus vocals. Reminds me of earlier numbers where we have rousing, layered harmonies from the boys. Freddie reaches some particularly high belts here, too. Full voice singing. Syncopated, incessant, and demanding. This song just shows off all of the boys' abilities and talents at their absolute best. Absolute best, dead on time. But wouldn't you know it, it was never played live. Dang it, never played live. And that is such a conundrum. It's so shocking because 
many fans talk about how great this would have been live. Yes, it's fast. It must have been fast for all the guys. I mean, yeah, Brian, I think, certainly shines the most in this fast-paced tempo just because your ears go to that guitar. But you cannot, you can't ignore Freddie's absolutely flawless delivery and that diction in his singing. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore the bass lines. You can't ignore the drums. Everybody shines extremely bright here. And I think this would have been such a glorious number on a stage. I I don't understand. I don't understand why it was never a single, and I don't understand why it was never played live. Help me understand. A question I would have for Dr. Brian May or Roger, if I ever got the chance to talk to either of them, what about Dead on Time, guys? Give it to me. I wish we'd have had it. Some fun facts about this number I love so much. In the last chorus, the words, keep yourself alive, are sung very aggressively by our frontman, Freddie. And in the album lyrics, those words are written in capital letters. Brian captured the amazing clap of thunder. When the power went down at the studio, he grabbed a recorder and a mic and went onto the balcony to get it on tape and credited God for the quote-unquote thunderbolt in the album credits. Nice little nod there. I love it that keep yourself alive, that those words are in this song. I love that that number, which is one of my favorites from their debut and one of my favorites, period, and has stuck as my sign-off, actually, I love that that is tacked on here. And it's very fast. You have to listen close. In fact, if you didn't read the lyrics, you might miss it completely. That's how fast Freddie's singing this. But it's there. And it's fantastic. Some band critique. Brian, always chatty about his guitar lines and the boys' music in general. In his 82 chat with On The Record, he said, quote, that was something... I was quite pleased with, but really nobody else was. It's something which nobody ever mentions very much. Fat Bottom Girls, I thought was okay, fairly banal. I thought people would be much more interested in Dead on Time, but it didn't really get that much airplay. The explosions at the end are a real thunderstorm, which occurred when we were in the south of France. We put a tape recorder outside. Unquote. So yes, he's talking about the intensity of the guitar here, the absolute ferocity of this number. And obviously he was incredibly pleased and ultimately thought this was, sounds like he thought it was better than Fat Bottom Girls, which of course got more attention. I love hearing about that from the artist. What is it that you find superior? And often it's very different than what the general public thinks. And, and that's just because of appeal right? I mean, yes, I wish this had been released as a single. It probably wouldn't have done as well simply because I think sometimes these numbers that are this intense lose people a little bit because they're not as accessible, even though they're just as, if not more impressive on an arrangement level. Fat Bottom Girls is slower. It's memorable. It's extraordinarily basic when you think about the structure of the chords, and the way the entire thing is put together. It's much more basic than this. So Dead on Time is more aggressive. It's more creative. 
And I love it all the more for it. And clearly, Brian did as well. So it's just interesting to me when you get that at feedback from the artists themselves. Well, what do you think about this? And then they say, quite honestly, well, I actually think this is better. It's a better song. It's more impressive. But people don't talk about this as much, and they don't. Although I must say I found no bad critique about Dead on Time from anyone. Fans, critics, nobody has a bad thing to say about Dead on Time. Now, Cream called this, even though they kind of blasted a lot of the other numbers on jazz, they did call this a rollin' and tumblin' number while emphasizing Brian's confident and rockin' contributions to the album jazz in general. So they actually gave this a nice little nod. And I read this great comment from a fan, quote, this just makes my eyes pop out every time I hear it, (laughs) unquote. Oh man, that is the perfect thing to say about Dead on Time. And I love that they say their eyes pop out, not their ears. It's just a wonderful expression to use because it truly is that jaw-dropping and impressive and it moves so quickly. It's gone. It comes and goes in a flash, but it is the most wonderful flash. And that's so perfect that it ends in a clap of thunder. It's so perfect. Bonus. Many comments from fans name this a favorite jazz song, if not their absolute favorite jazz song. And I think that speaks to overall the legacy of this album because I would say maybe a couple decades ago, there would be a different sentiment. And and I know there was. I think in general, jazz has more fans now than it did back then, maybe even when it was first released. Now, I could be way off base there. But I think jazz, whenever I read reviews from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when I read comments and they are out there floating out there on the internet, various forums and such, jazz, I think within the last maybe five or 10 years, maybe has garnered a lot more positive attention, a lot more praise from everybody in general. And so this song for a long time, was probably just buried on the track list and nobody paid it a lot of attention. And now, all of a sudden, people are digging into the entire catalog of these guys going, oh, wow, this is absolutely stellar and a phenomenal piece. Stunning, right? So I'm glad that this is getting some attention now, but it still feels kind of like a sleeper. But I'm about to tell you all about this sleeper, and this is going to be pretty intense. This is a short number, but a crazy one. Stay with me. Starts out pretty unassuming, though. A squeak of feedback. Rumbling, rumbling, rolling, bent-up chords on those guitars. Those drums. Seventh chords. Ah, they don't establish the home key, but they definitely catch our attention. They surround us. Cymbals, splashes everywhere. Rolls of toms and John what in the world are you doing? This is so good. That fluttering of fast triplet riffs on the bass. Those rolls, jeez. I never focused so much on the bass until just now, really. I wish it was louder. It's all Brian and John and Raj. No sign of Freddie yet. But then suddenly we're galloping. No, thundering. Brian plays so, so fast. Many a memorable but totally almost unsingable riff. Yes. 
Freddie, there you are. The guitars jump in everywhere. And Freddie wails that high belt, glissandos down. He falls down without a break. I got to talk about John again. He is moving, fluttering. Can I say that about bass? He's fluttering on that bass. He nearly steals the show here. But then we get lyrics like this. Fool, always jumping, never happy where you land. Ah. What an entrance. It's a lot grittier, though, when Mr. Mercury sings it. The riffs, the madness, it all continues. I know there are are overdubs and multiple layered guitars, but this song, more than almost any other, amazes me when I think about the fact that four guys played this. Four guys, and there's no piano. Incredible. Roger is flying, And as we build into the verse, more symbols, those shiny goodies I love so much. Hurry down the highway, hurry down the road. Soaring guitars there. Those intervals catch your attention. I love how we've had grinding, gritty riffs and those soaring chords around us. Such a contrast. Hurry, hurry, hurry. (laughs) That fill into the chorus and all the boys are there. Leave on time, leave on time. The chord transition is so rousing with those harmonies. Some nice high notes there. I can hear Raj in there. Variations from Brian on that now familiar guitar riff. And then leave on time, leave on time. Put it in your pocket, but you never can tell. The crash. The woo on the left. This next part, Freddie sinks into a sneaky quietness, but it's no less aggressive. Brian picks at that guitar. Roger's symbols. Cannot emphasize that enough here. They build and crescendo. This moves like nobody's business. It's perfect. You never get a minute. You you never got a minute. No, you never got a minute. No, you never know. (laughs) I can't even say it. Oh, no matter. (laughs) Those harmonies at the conclusion give me goosebumps. And then the next line, fool got no business hanging around and telling lies. That is one of my favorite deliveries from Freddie ever. The growl, the snarl in it, the accusation, the way the guitars and the bass and the drums move, shift through these chords. This is easily one of the busiest, fastest moving numbers we ever get. I have to listen to this so many times to pick it all apart. All the guitars. There's a brilliant slide accent upwards in there. More harmonies, the licks, the riffs, the rolls. I think I say that little triad of words so many times talking about Queen. Stamping on the ceiling, hammering on the walls. Gotta get out, gotta get out, gotta get all you know I'm going crazy. Such a brilliant resolution in that verse. And I love that Brian's guitar doubles the melody for emphasis, right along with the lyrics. Second chorus, that drum fill after the first phrase, dang, Roger. The way the drums bounce from left to right and back again, how fast that transition happens. This chorus sounds louder, if that's possible. Brian's guitar solo here kicks off like the pre-chorus of earlier, but he's front and center. And there are some nice flanging other effects going on. Freddie wails and woos again. Hey, hey. Roger's dancing on those cymbals. John is jiving on his bass. But this is Brian's moment. 
And it's another goosebump one. His moves, his up and down the scale and flawless lyrical transitions, it builds and builds again. It explodes into a rousing power chord. A bell effect of chords and intervals winds up the B triad and Roger is perfectly accenting those moments on drums. You can really hear all the major chords here. I love this awesomeness. Into the end of this phrase, there's a unique chord transition that surprises. Screaming and screeching from the guitars, plenty of drum rolls right in our face or in our ears, John hitting more notes than any other song here, or so it seems, a few rock chords with bent attack, and sinking into teasing quietness again with those anticipating symbols. Except this time, it's the outro. Leave on time, leave on time. Gotta get rich, gonna leave on time. John appears with so much drive right after that phrase. So deep. I love how he rolls that in. More driving, more building, a clap of thunder. You're dead. Fermata, cymbal splashes, bent up chords, seventh chords, my favorites, I love them. John rolling just a little more, crash. And the rain pours as we fade out. This is one of the most impressive things Queen ever did. Honestly, I I feel like in this compact number, there's so much happening, even more so than Let Me Entertain You, which is also fast-paced and also varied through its arrangement. Not a whole lot of, I guess there's some cyclic things happening here, but there's so many variations. We feel like it's all brand new the moment we hear it. And every time I listen to this, I'm telling you, if I really listen, if I have it on my headphones and I just listen, there is something that comes at me that I've never noticed before. And I've always believed that is a great mark of a song It doesn't necessarily mean that things are lost in the mix. It just means that things are mixed so well that you don't even notice the brilliance of it until suddenly it's right there in front of your face. And you think, how did I even miss this? I feel like that happens a lot with John's bass lines, especially in numbers like this one. And especially on numbers that are on the album Jazz. Because again, This album, for whatever reason, is lacking a little bit of quality on the production side. Now, yes, it could just be the copy of the album I have. I've read that the original pressing sounded much better. I've read that there is a newer pressing from 2018, I think it was, that is particularly good. But for, in a lot of these numbers, I don't hear John very much or very well. I know he's there, but I don't hear him very well. I don't hear the depth of Roger's drums as much as I'd like to. You know, there's all these little things that I know we've had them in the past, and I want more. (laughs) But anyway, Dead on Time, that is amazing. You gotta go listen to it. I am super sad that I have no live numbers to talk about, no alternate versions to talk about, nothing with a long-lost arrangement, nothing with piano, nothing with alternate vocals. This is the only take of this song we have on the record, and it is absolutely stellar, stunning, and fantastic, and all that jazz. All that jazz. More of that jazz. Yes. It's phenomenal. Brian, this is brilliant. 
and all the guys bring it and then some with this song. Dead on time. Go check it out. Keep yourselves alive. And I will be back next time. I just realized I lied. I was, I was going to do something different with my next episode, but I'm just on a roll with jazz, you guys. I'm literally listening to it over and over right now. Even as I go through each of the songs to pick them apart with a fine-toothed comb for you. It is so fun. I got to tell you, I thought maybe I would start to get bored doing this. Yes. I thought as much as I love Queen and the boys, I love my boys. I thought this might get monotonous, but I've learned something new about every song. Some of them have surprised me and I love them even more now. I appreciate them all. Absolutely. Even more now. And oddly enough, there is the one-off occasionally that I don't like as much as I did before. It's weird that way, but that's the fun of it. So, fun it. We're going to get to that number later. I'll talk to you guys again. Have a fantastic day. That's all.